0: today on Broadway for Tuesday, March 19th, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanenny.
1: And, and, and I am Broadway star James Marino.
0: James, do you want to know my new favorite word to say in the world?
1: Mm, Snuffleupagus? No, close. Buttigieg. <laughs> Buttigieg. I
0: can't stop saying it. I literally cannot stop saying Buttigieg. I have uh,
1: Buttigieg. I have butchered it in many different ways. Buttigieg very very interesting guy I, I see lots of liberals uh fighting and uh holding up that old adage uh, republicans fall in line and democrats fall in love and so oh uh, is this
0: is boodhidge a person i just heard the word and i just uh
1: Buttigieg. no uh is like hukuna matata it's a way of life
0: <laughs> it means no worries yes for the rest of your days yes especially if you live In South Bend, Indiana.
1: Yes. And, uh, you know, he speaks many, many languages. Yeah, maybe. uh...
0: Yes. On his on his uh, Wikipedia page, it lists him as a polyglot. He taught himself Norwegian just because he wanted to read. Yes. um, That book. Book by a certain author. But then also he is uh, he is conversational in a crap ton of other languages. And we weren't going to talk about this, so I don't have the list. But look up uh, Mayor Peter Buttigieg and uh, see all the different language that he uh that he talks to or speaks in
1: yeah i just you know i i would love to see Buttigieg and uh pence debate you know <laughs> yeah and maybe bring the uh president of ireland over
0: too <laughs> with his boyfriend or husband yes. oh, Boy that... i think it's boyfriend for ireland uh, Buttigieg is is married yes yes exactly Um, Okay, so before we get to the news, I want to send over a hearty congratulations uh, to all of our friends over at Theater Talk. That includes uh, the host and longtime producer, Susan Haskins. They are going to be having a live Theater Talk episode at the New York Public Library. That will air on PBS's 13 WNET before the Tony Awards. They're going to be filming this live on May 7th, and the guests that are going to be included – are the New York Times, Jesse Green, Ben Brantley, Adam Feldman from Time Out New York, uh, Michael Musto, late of the Village Voice, I believe, um, as well as Elizabeth Vincitelli, Jason Zinneman. And our friend, the one and only Jan Simpson, they will all be a part of this special taping in front of a live audience talking about the Tony race. I will have a link in the show notes if you want to get tickets. It is going to happen on Tuesday, May 7th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts. Uh, Very exciting. I, I wish there was a more stable and consistent place that people could see theater talk. But hopefully this is the start to something new for everybody involved.
1: Oh man, it's not on sale yet. I just grabbed the link from your uh, script. Oh. Yeah, not on sale
0: yet. I guess you, you can put a little uh, uh, button that says "Remind Me." I don't. I'm not exactly sure when they go on sale. Did you see that anywhere on your? No, yet? just and the
1: just the "Remind Me" thing, uh, and it's free. Oh, Is it free? April. It, um, I'm not sure. Sales
0: start April 7th. It does look, appear to be free, but you can make a donation, an optional donation to the library for the performing arts. So they will be available. April 7th for free. But if you can afford it, maybe make a donation. The uh, tickets will go on sale at 8 a.m.
1: Coolio. That's going to be really cool. I can't wait for that. All right. Well, I have to get back to the script. Where's the script? Oh, there it is. Okay. So, yeah, the uh, Theater Talk Live, folks. And uh, interesting thing that happened in uh, Riedel's column there the other day, huh?
0: What's more interesting is the takedown from a New York Times writer about Michael Riedel's column.
1: Yes, exactly. So um, if you didn't know, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, Riedel was sort of uh, pimping. Is that too light of a word? Uh, I, it might be a little
0: harsh of a word. He's he was talking about the upcoming Broadway premiere of the Beetlejuice musical, which did not get great reviews from a lot of the legit critics when it during its Washington, D.C. tryout. But in his most recent column, he talked about how Alex Timbers, the director, rushed in to make all these changes. And during the process – and I don't remember who the uh, – the New York Times writer was, um, and maybe you do, James. This New York Times writer, who I think writes about music, uh, noted that it felt very much like Michael Riedel was trying to save certain people in the production team and throw other members of the production team under the bus. It just the whole thing felt a little. Yeah, I don't know,
1: Jason Cinnamon. Off, Jason Cinnamon, yeah. who occasionally, oh, it was the yeah, yeah, who occasionally yeah. reviews theater. Uh, but mostly comedy for the New York Times and uh, wrote a great book on Letterman. Was it Letterman he wrote a great book on? I forget. Um, So anyway, at the very tail end of that uh, Beetlejuice column by Riedel, he does mention that there is a uh, sort of new theatrical television show on PBS, uh, sort of slotting into where Theater Talk was, um, and I thought that was very interesting. So, uh,
0: belief. Yeah, for... it's, it's, it's not on PBS for those of us outside of New York. It is a, uh, CUNY City University of New York production as theater talk was. So, uh, this will just be something for the New York centric folk.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, it's a CUNY production. And I think it actually is, is instead of going to be talking about theater, like shows in the season, I believe it's going to be talking more about, uh, like behind the scenes, um, Things like that, like how to like working in theater.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's get on to the news of the day. We've got some Broadway show and casting news. We do, James. First, we
0: have confirmation of the thing that needed no confirmation. As we discussed yesterday, Jeremy Jordan will be the next actor to put on the lab coat and stethoscope as Dr. Pomatter and Waitress on Broadway. He will join the company on April 8th, the day after NKOTB's Joey McIntyre departs the role, and Jordan will stay in the role through May 12th. Coincidentally, the same day that he is scheduled to exit alongside Shoshana Bean, who began her run as Jenna last night, Monday night. Um, now, James, as of the Instagram video that I put in the show notes indicates while Jeremy Jordan might be playing Dr. Pometer, he can't actually pronounce Dr. Pomatter. Buttigieg. So, uh, Buttigieg. Yes, it's much, much more uh, difficult, apparently, to say Pometer for Jeremy Jordan. Uh, and uh, it kind of shows you his. Lovable, Goofy side, but anyway, heading from the Brooks Atkinson north four blocks to the Gershwin, the long anticipated announcement that Gina Claire Mason fresh off of a year on tour with Wicked as Glenda will take over the role on Broadway beginning April 9th, replacing Katie Rose Clark. Current Alphaba Jessica Vosk, who ended her run in the tour opposite Mason before coming to Broadway, has been indicating that she has an Oz-related announcement coming, so I would guess that it is her departure date. Uh, The rumor is that the new Broadway Alphaba will be a former Berlin cabaret star turned drag queen, making, um, I believe, her Broadway debut. Uh, That's just... Conjecture, Don't know that for sure, so don't shoot the messenger if that's wrong. But finally in this section, James, I have the most buried lead in the history of buried leads because hot on the heels of the announcement that Morrissey will have a week-long residency starting in May at the Lunt Fontaine, The that's actually does not appear to be part of the In Residence on Broadway program. The first performer officially that is going to be part of that thanks to Live Nation, the Araka Group, and EBG, has officially been announced. This legendary international icon has 40 platinum and gold albums, 40 platinum and gold albums, with sales totaling $25 And his last 15 studio albums have reached the top three on the Billboard New Age chart, while he has 15 albums, studio and live, that have hit number one on that chart. He is the one... The only king of the Acropolis and public television funding, Yanni, the Greek composer and pianist, will set up shop at the Lunt Fontan Theater from May 28th through June 2nd, with tickets going on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. New York time. And while, James, I think we can all agree that it's fun to joke about Yanni being on Broadway even for a week he's going to sh- sell out every show. I mean, I I'm almost positive of that. There will not be a ticket available. If you wait too long and want to see this, uh, I am quite confident in Yanni's ability to sell out a, uh, you know, twelve thirteen hundred 1300 seat theater uh, on Broadway. If he can sell out the freaking Acropolis.
1: Yeah. If you sell out the Acropolis, of course I, I uh, until this very moment, I, I got, I, I was confused uh, when you said uh, Yanni played the, who was a composer and played the piano, because I was thinking of Kenny G. I, I, was
0: yes, he is He is a, a clarinetist or a saxophonist. Yeah, straight sax, you
1: know. Yeah, uh, yeah you know,
0: very different people. Mm-hmm. Although, I will tell you, Kenny G is hilarious. I, I, I was just think thinking it.
1: that that Katy Perry video is hysterical. Uh, I don't Friday know what night, video
0: that is. The Friday Night uh, Katy Perry video? I'm not familiar, but he regularly is a guest on the Dan Levitard show on ESPN radio during Mm -hmm. Super Bowl week because Dan Levitard does not do sports talk like anybody else does sports talk. So Kenny G is a regular guest and he is hilarious.
1: All right. Now that we have my Yanni, Kenny G, Buttigieg, and uh, Pomatter, Dr. Pomatter straightened out. Pomatter.
0: Yes. Well, hold on. This is, of course, this means if Yanni's going to do a week on Broadway, that means the following week has to be Laurel.
1: Mm, I'm confused.
0: You don't remember that? If you listen to it, some people forgot.
1: That's right. Is the dress blue or or gold? gold. Yeah, Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. What do we have in last week's Broadway grosses? Well,
0: James, overall, the grosses looked pretty good, especially since four shows began their previews last week, helping Broadway increase its bottom line by nearly 2.7 million or 8.9 percent over the previous week. The four new shows were Burn This, which did a strong $280,000 in just two performances. Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. Which did a decent 412,007 performances. What the Constitution means to me at $243,358 in five performances. And Hillary and Clinton, which has gotten insanely good word of mouth. It did just 187K in three performances. But seriously, James... Uh, from what I've heard over those first three performances, this one might be setting up to steal the Tony from the ferryman and to kill a mockingbird. I am not joking about that. Obviously with John Lithgow and of course, Lori Metcalf, who, Laurie Metcalf who could make history as the first actor and performer to win a Tony in three consecutive years. This very well might be setting up to throw the entire best play race uh, on its head. But anyway, um, as those shows started, True West, a part of the American Airlines Theater, picking up an extra 74 k to close its final frame on Broadway with a respectable $639,000. Only six of the main stem's 31 returning shows saw week-to-week declines. The two biggest dips were Frozen, moving down 165 k and Mockingbird dipping a bit more than 105,000. The the share show also dropped a bit more than 75,000, but everything else that that did see a red number was fairly modest. Hamilton was of course at the top at $3,196,394. The Lion King was at ste- was in second, still more than a million dollars behind, but above 2 million at $2,024,027. Next was cursed child, wicked, mockingbird, of hansen, aladdin, mean girls, frozen, the book of mormon, network in just seven shows, and The Phantom of the Opera all above seven figures. Now, fresh off of its opening week, Be More Chill saw a mighty impressive jump picking up over $280,000 to come in at just under $771,000. That figure, I'm sure, is a huge relief to Jen Tepper and crew. And considering that there were still comps out there last week, James, including you, um, I would assume that that things will continue to pick up as those free tickets that they were giving out to press and critics um, are out of their system. Now during its its opening week, Kiss Me Kate also opened last week. Um, they actually picked up 470k, which is unusual. Normally you see shows drop a little bit, uh, but since this is roundabout in a subscription house, their tickets are kind of metered out a little differently. Um, they picked up 47k to come in at just about 682 thousand. Bubble shows like The Prom, Beautiful, and Waitress were all steadyish, uh, picking up a little or losing a little in the low 500s to low 600s. But The Prom and Waitress saw increases while beautiful saw a bit of a decline. Now, James, we saw a lot of kid and family shows have really big jumps last week as spring breaks and things of that nature started. So I would imagine that those nice black numbers will be continuing for at least a few more weeks as families start heading in to
1: New York City. So I might disagree with you about be more chill in the fact that uh, a lot of media hasn't been invited yet. I'm not oh, sure. Really? I'm not sure why I got invited. Uh, oh, you're, you're James Marino. Well, I mean, well, you know, we'll take that with a grain of salt. That that and uh, three dollars to get you on the subway. Um, just one way, though. Yeah, just one way. Uh, no, not even a transfer. But um, it, it seems like only first night folks have been invited. Uh, a lot of second night really? folks have not received their invitations yet to be more uh, hmm. be more chill and. Uh, there was a discussion that George Salazar has been in and out of the show, so that might be why their whole, they'd held off for a little bit. Maybe they were looking for a second wave of uh, of bump there, uh, you know, the free media that comes along with uh, sets of reviews and I- invitations and things like that. I'm not sure, but, uh, but Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia and a number of other Second Night folks uh, haven't gotten their invitations yet. Weird. I I, I did not realize. I seem to have slipped in with the first night, folks. I'm not sure why. Your your first night in my book, James. Oh, thank you. You complete me. (laughs) All right. Oh, look, a snoozer. Paper Mill Playhouse officially announces its next season. I hope you uh, aren't hoping to get invitations
0: to that season, uh, James. But yeah, last week we talked about the always –
1: Confusing paper mill, guess the upcoming well, yeah, season. I should contest. say that paper mill is always exciting to go to, but I'm not sure what this whole contest thing does. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, I, we'll get I think that. that,
1: yeah. Okay. We talked about last week
0: that some of the clues seemed fairly obvious. They were. We were right on those. The rest of them made absolutely no sense and would have been impossible to guess. But yesterday, the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn, New Jersey, announced their 2019-2020 season. First up this fall from September 26th through October 27th, we'll be Chasing Rainbows, The Road to Oz. This is a new musical that, James, we've actually talked about before. Uh, this follows Judy Garland from... Um, a child up until she um, becomes a huge star in um, in The Wizard of Oz. We talked about this. They did a, a dance video with some of the cast from a recent workshop, um, including uh, Andrew Keenan-Bolger uh, was in it as well. Um, so this one looks like a lot of fun. Dennis Jones is directing and choreographing. And that um, one was apparently the weird uh, – paint fight with all the colors in it. I Mm, guess that's what that was. The next one we got right was Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella with the 10 minutes ago piece taken out. That's going to happen from November 20th through December 29th. Then the unmasked the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber, another one that we got right with the control Z Z unmasking thing. Um, That's going to happen from January 30th through March or through March 1st of 2020. Then here's where it gets tricky, James. I have no idea how these clues were supposed to tell us that these were the shows. But from April 1st through April 26th, the Glenn Slater and Alan Mencken musical Sister Act is is coming to paper mill. I mean, just by default, I'm guessing that's the Susan Boyle one. I have no idea how that has anything to do with that Susan Boyle clue, but the reason I'm saying that is because the final show in the season from May 28th through June 28th is The Wanderer, which is a a show that we've talked about before uh, in the past that looks at um, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Dion someone that I'm honestly not a uh, a, a huge um, – I don't have a huge familiarity with, but apparently your boy Bruce Springsteen calls Dion the link between Frank Sinatra and rock and roll. Uh, that one, I'm guessing, is this weird delivery van, just Wanderer van. I guess that's what it is. I, I don't really understand. None of these make sense. But the Wanderer um, is 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 aiming for Broadway after – Paper Mill, Um, it'll open in Paper Mill in the spring of 2020, and it'll look to go to Broadway after that. Dion DeMucci is the multi-platinum selling American music pioneer, um, who is the uh, focus of that show, who I'm not super familiar with. But um, interesting season. Just don't get the clues. Uh,
1: What does this have to do with Benny and June?
0: Nothing. That's in this current season.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I'm looking at the Paper Mill Season Explained game, Control-Z, Chasing Rainbows is the colorful one, Cinderella, The Wanderer. They have the Susan Boyle thing as The Wanderer, and then Sister Act as the van. Uh, Uh-huh. Dolores Van Cartier is the lead character. a Picture of a van with Cartier watches, and the wanderer oh. Dion and the Belmonts had the hit song "Run Around Sue." So, That's awful. So, the, if you if you really listen, Papermill, you gotta we do it. You. you gotta you gotta do it. We do love. It. We love. Papermill, come over here. We want to talk to you in the corner.
0: Yeah, like if you're going to do these clues, at least make them something that can actually be guessed, especially it's hard when you're doing world premieres, obviously, uh, like the Wanderer and, and some of these things. But like, really, Th- those do not look like Cartier watches from there. They look like um, old blue AOL mail envelopes.
1: Yeah, they do. So, yeah, Paper Mill, we love you. We really do. We, d- But you can't play charades with us. You know, because you uh, or, or what's that? Pictionary, pictionary, pictionary or win lose a draw. Game. You know, things like that. Yeah, it, it's it's not your forte. Your forte, big musicals. That's what you do well. You can make a big musical. You can make a big musical. You are so good at that. All right. Oh <laughs> 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 look, we're at the end of the script. All right, yeah. Matt. Why don't you get us out of here? that's good because I'm a little uncomfortable right now thanks for listening to today
0: on Broadway follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bwwmat. Matt
1: it always gets uncomfortable right around the 20 minute mark we try to get out before then my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us um, yeah we'll tell you about all those um, embargoes tomorrow on Wednesday's show and uh, so come back and listen for all them we'll talk to you then